also just create content that like you like that's like sustainable for you to create that you think people will like and then if it goes viral great and if you gain followers from that great but if not like if you're if you aren't motivated to create content without that guarantee then like maybe you need to reevaluate reevaluate why you're even creating content right Happy Tuesday and welcome back to Poolside Podcast. This is episode 129 and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. I am excited for today's episode. I mean, I feel like I say I'm excited for every episode, but I am excited for every episode. I'm especially excited for this episode and interview with Mel. She is a social media expert and content creator and fellow influencer. And that's how we met um, like five or six years ago. I don't even remember the first time I met her, but we met through the community in Calgary um, and she is lovely and her, all her platforms are amazing. So you should definitely follow her. On this interview, she shares her journey of finding her career path and why it's, it's more about experience and building connections than it is education. And we're not hating on degrees or anything. We both have them, but we just, we're talking about careers in marketing and social media and how it was more about experience and learning yourself than it really was the degrees that we got but we also got them before like getting a degree in social media was possible so we talk about our experiences with social and how you can make it a positive space to be in and why social media is the best place to network she shares how she grew her tiktok account to almost 40k what her content strategy looks like now and how she's encouraging her community to create content with her 20-day challenge on instagram Melanie also gives us her top three Instagram hacks, and I have to say that I learned something from two of them, so they are definitely worthwhile. They're at the end, so make sure you stick it out for it, um, and what I really love about this conversation is that it is really real about our insecurities and self-doubt and about creating connections, being ourselves online, and growing our accounts. I think there's a lot of conversations that go on behind the scenes that only like influencers have with each other. And so I think it's good to share, especially if someone wants to get into influencer marketing or is a business looking to work with influencers. It gives them a little bit of behind the scenes about what it's like to make money off of your Instagram and the work that goes into it. And also the misgivings and misconceptions about how easy it is. It gives an insight into what fellow content creators talk about and the challenges we struggle with, even if our social accounts look put together and planned. It is a great conversation, like I said, especially if you're into influencer marketing. So let's jump into it. Here is Melanie. Okay, let's just jump into it again. Are you ready now? <laughs> again? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. I am excited to be sitting here virtually with Melanie. This is our second start of this, so <laughs> we're we're ready to chat. So thanks for joining me. Of course. Thanks for having me. Longtime listener. Yeah, I totally appreciate that. I always wonder who's listening and if anyone's listening. So I do really appreciate anyone who tunes in. Yeah, I definitely do. I think I've listened to most of them. Oh, I appreciate it. So I'm excited to have you on then because now you know kind of what it's all about. Do you want to start with yeah. uh, introducing yourself and giving us a little background on who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, so hi, my name is Melanie. Um, I, by day, I am the social media lead at a marketing and creative agency here in Calgary, Alberta 
called Arcade Studios. And by night, I like to create content on Instagram and TikTok. And what I like to post about is social media, mental health, and self-care. Um, Rachel and I have been connected for a number of years um, through this little influencer blogger community in Calgary. And it's been a pleasure. I find we have such a great little community here in Calgary and everyone's really supportive. And um, for example, having each other on you know, podcasts and just supporting each other in general. So I feel really lucky to live somewhere like that. And yeah, so I'm a born and raised Calgarian. I'm 27 years old and I went to school for marketing. I did a Bachelor of Commerce in marketing. And a little fun fact is that I actually only graduated less than three years ago. So I think we're going to talk a bit about my career journey. But um, yeah, one thing I like to, to make a note of is while I feel like I have um, definitely some experience to talk about, I actually am, you know, recently out of school. Yeah, I think that's so interesting. It's always like you never know how old someone is or how long they've been like in the workforce, I guess. But it's such a, like an interesting thing to know. But I guess like at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter when. No, not at all. School. Yeah, everyone has a different path and it doesn't matter like at what age you start your career or change your career. But um, yeah, I think that sometimes people can think that even though, or because they're young or maybe they're just out of school, they like can't really do much or they have to pay their dues and climb up the ladder. But your career can be whatever you make it. And um, yeah, just wanted to note that. Totally. Um, do you want to talk about that journey that you did go through to end up where you are today? Did you think you're going to be in social media? Was that your goal or what did that journey look like? Yeah, so it was never my plan to work in social media. I didn't even have a plan to work in marketing or in business for that matter. I was actually studying to become a registered dietitian. So after high school, I decided to fly across the country um, to the Maritimes. I'd never even visited there, but I decided it was a good idea to go to school there. Um, and I went to St. FX and I was studying um, nutrition. And so it was a science degree. And I spent a year and a half in that program. And I it wasn't for me. And I was having a, a tough time. And I had some mental health challenges. But ultimately, the program just wasn't for me. I was in the lab and I was just thinking like, how did I get here? Where am I going? Um, and so I decided to come back to Calgary to take some time off school. I ended up taking a year and a half off of, off of school, um, which is what sort of pushed back my graduation and why I graduated a bit later than my peers. But um, during that time off, I was exploring, I was kind of finding myself, you know, like I was in that, you know, 20 years old stage and I was, sort of first discovering my create my creative side I never really knew that I had one but I actually started making jewelry and I started a small Etsy shop and I was selling at some local markets and it was really fun and I really loved marketing that business and that was right when Instagram came out and I was having a lot of fun promoting my jewelry business on Instagram and um, my first job in social media it was an art market here in Calgary Market Collective that I was selling my jewelry at, the founders actually approached me and asked if I wanted to run social for them for this event. And it was the first social media job I ever got. And I was really, I was really excited that they saw something in me and they, they liked the way that I was marketing my business on Instagram. And when I decided to stop that business and to go back to school for marketing, um, they wanted to offer me that job. So it was just like an event correspondent job. It was, you know, not regular, not full time. It was just contract. And it was just when they had their events like monthly or every couple of months. Um, but that was my first so social media job and it was really fun. 
And then throughout school, I had a couple of other internships, some in social media, some in general marketing. And then when I graduated school, um, I got a job at a PR and marketing agency in Calgary. And it was a great experience. I worked there for two years, but it was in the tech and startup space. And um, I learned a lot. And ultimately, I just realized that that wasn't the industry for me. So I ended up switching jobs just over six months ago. And I now work at Arcade and I'm the social media lead. So I really came back to social and just realized that that's what I'm good at. It's what I like. And it's what I guess my wealth of like knowledge and experience is in. So like, we're just accepting it and we're owning it and we're moving forward. <laughs> I love that. And I mean, I'm a huge proponent of social and working in social, but I do think it's interesting because I think, especially like our age, as opposed to people that are in school now where you can actually take social media as like a degree, yeah. which is mind blowing to me. But I think it's interesting that it is just like jumping in and getting your experience and not necessarily about formal education, because I was the same when I started, I was just like, I'm going to do this. Like I want to run people's Instagram. And so I would just like offer it to people without like really knowing what you're doing. Like who knew what they were doing on social media back in those days. So, um, I think it's a good reminder to people that, if you don't have the education, especially in marketing, I feel you can still get into it. And it's more just about experience and your creativity and what you're passionate about rather than like a piece of paper. Definitely. Yeah. In my, in my degree, I didn't have one course on social media. Um, I didn't even take any courses on digital marketing. Um, it was very like the digital space hadn't infiltrated <laughs> the classroom yet like it just there was other schools that were smaller that were doing that like Mount Royal and like more hands-on schools but um just like the traditional like commerce degree like it's like well you have like commerce and then you have marketing and like social media was just like too specific and it just didn't get there yet but I know now um you're right like you can go to school for social media and I think that's great but even if you don't go to university there is so many resources online you can get certificates and this and that and some of them are are free. Some of them you have to pay for them, but you absolutely do not need a formal education. For me, my business degree, I always say that like my degree taught me that sometimes you have to do things that you don't want to do in order to get to where you want to go. So although I don't think you need a degree to succeed in this industry, um, it was something that I knew that I wanted, um, that like I value education and I wanted to finish it. And there was many times I wanted to just start working and I decided to finish it because not, you know, life isn't just like, you can't just do what you love, like every second of the day, like sometimes you got to do hard things just to like get that end result. So I'm happy I finished it. And, but yeah, like you can go to school for whatever you want. You can end up working in social media or marketing, but you either need, like you need that foundation of education or you need some real life experience. And as I'm sure, you know, the real life experience is really what, what matters. Like when you're working social, like spending time in those apps and like creating content, like that's, what's really going to help you. And, and it's not like theory stuff. Totally. And like, I'm, I have a degree too. I did communications at UFC and it did like, you learn how to like be on a team and like deal with mm -hmm. other people and like how to write and like all that kind of stuff. So definitely it's not useless even though no one has asked me to see my degree for any job that I've ever had. <laughs> However, it is a good thing to do if you can, but with social media marketing, you also can get there through experience and like webinars and YouTube. And there's, like you said, there's tons of resources. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I agree. No one's ever asked to see my degree, um, but it's, it's good to, you know, put on your resume. Some, some companies have like that weird, you know, we just, we want like degree holders, um, sometimes, you know, it's really just about like getting your foot in the door, but 
Um, in my experience, once I got my foot in the door, like my personal connections have been everything. And actually, I wanted to talk about that a bit where like I, when I was younger and growing up, when I heard people talk about how it was their personal connections that like got them places, it was really intimidating to me because I felt like I didn't have that. Like I was like, well, I'm not like well-connected. I don't have people in like high places that can like help me out. And like, I just felt so intimidated and I thought there was so much pressure to go to weird networking events and stuff. And what I actually realized when I got older is that like a lot of, um, like you have a lot more connections than you think that you do. And a lot of them can be like digital or, you know, just, you know, Instagram friends or something. And like, to just always be like gracious and kind and resourceful, like for other people, even if you don't know them in real life, because every single job that I've gotten has been like, I mean, I don't want to like not give myself credit, but it's truly been through like a, you know, an introduction or something. And I just, I, I truly thought that I wasn't very like well-connected, but now where I'm sitting, where I'm at, like there's been so many people that have helped me along the way. So don't be intimidated by like needing to grow your network. And it can actually happen a lot more organically and without being like, okay, I'm going to go to like three networking events this week. It's like, it actually might be more impactful to like connect with like one person on Instagram a week and maybe like ask them about their career. Um, it doesn't have to be so much work, I guess. Totally. Or formal or awkward. Like you said, like it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be a weird thing. Like you can like treat them like friends, like as a, you would a normal person and have those conversations because you're just interested in the same thing. But I find the same, especially in Calgary, I feel like it was really intimidating because Calgary is really small in a sense that everyone kind of knows each other. And like you said, it's always been a who you know, not what you know type of city. And I was the same. I was like, okay, but I know nobody. So like, what am I going to do? And watching like my dad, he's a entrepreneur too. And he always like had people that he knew and was getting favors and blah, blah, like all that. And I was like, well, how did you like initially know these people? And what that taught me was that, like you said, to be gracious and kind to everybody, because for him, he's, he does things for free or he'll just do favors for people or, and at the end when he needs something back or needs help with something, then those people are willing to help him. And I think reiterating what you said, that it is about that relationship building and finding people to connect with, whether that's online, especially right now, or in person with people, you just have that initial connection with, and you're not forcing the networking. Yeah. And another thing that I learned was that like, we're all human, like even the most buttoned up of professionals like they let loose and like what I realized was that um you don't have to be so hard on yourself of I need to you know be this like perfect professional person I need to network in a certain way it will get you so much farther if you're just yourself and I I mean maybe it's like the industry that we're in and like my you know working in social media and working at a marketing agency like it's a pretty casual environment and we can be like a little bit more creative and like free-spirited so I know that like not every job is like that but what when I came into the the workforce I was very nervous to like show my true colors even though like my true colors are like great there's nothing to be ashamed of but I really was like trying I thought I had to be someone that I wasn't to like for to get people to respect me at work and actually like where I am now is I find that people just appreciate me being me and I appreciate when other people are them and like we all we're not just like work machines and like networking machines and um, we don't have it all together all the time. And yeah, it was like a great lesson. Like I'm happy I learned it. And maybe 
maybe a lesson is coming where like, maybe I need to be a bit more buttoned up. I have no idea, but if that comes, I'll learn it then. Yeah. Hopefully not. Yeah. I hope that those yeah. moments <laughs> never come. <laughs> um, and actually that's a good segue into my next topic. So we're going to get specific about TikTok because I know that that's what you like to talk about and you have a lot of advice, but let's start with your personal brand, which is kind of what we were just talking about. So do you want to describe what it is right now and if it's evolved since you've been on social media? Yeah. So it certainly has evolved um, in the past. I would say it's really solidified in the past like year. And it's really like taking my own advice of like, you don't need to have just like one niche, but like to try and get really specific about what people can expect from you is really helpful. And I know that we all want to be just like lifestyle brands, but like ultimately if people are coming to your profile, they want to know like, what can I expect from this person? So I have tried to like narrow it down and I feel pretty good about it now. So, um, and this especially happened on TikTok. I think TikTok forced me to kind of pick that. And then I just translated it over to Instagram. So um, I, on my TikTok, I would say that um, I want to be like a safe space that I want to talk a lot about, well, I say I want to, because I feel like it's a work in progress, but um, like all about like digital wellness and mental health and self-esteem. And I think that because on TikTok, there's like such a younger demographic, um, I just saw that other people were doing this for sure but I just knew that I had something to contribute as someone who like grew up on social media and like has gone through those like highs and lows of like what social media can do to your mental health and like how to manage it all so um I also like to incorporate some stuff like social media and marketing and influencer marketing because those are the things that I'm knowledgeable knowledgeable about and have like professional experience in so I just feel like I tried to think about like, what am I passionate about and what do I know things about? And especially on TikTok where like educational content is really popular. I just tried to think of like, what is the type of content that would be easy and natural for me to do and to not really try to be someone that I'm not. Like I've tried to like do like fashion content and like, that's not really me. Like I like to dress nicely and I like clothes, but in order to be like a fashion influencer, you kind of have to be like, all in <laughs> and that's just not me so anyways that's what I've sort of settled on like um so talking about social media mental health self-care um and then really trying to like get vulnerable and to talk about my own challenges to talk about um like maybe other people's challenges or like just kind of like being a bit more open than I think I saw when I was growing up on social media I didn't see anyone like being open about that stuff and it's certainly getting better now but um yeah, that's, that's what we've landed on now. I love that. And like you said, I think you've done a really good job at translating that into all of your platforms. It really seems that you've been able to have the Instagram aesthetic and still have the cute photos and the like stuff you see usually on social media, but then also have the deeper side of it with like your captions and creating that relatable content. Yeah, definitely. And that's actually really, that's something to note too, is that I've actually thought a lot about, I kind of want to show people. So like, again, I, I post about mental health and I have been like very open that I've struggled with mental health challenges, um, specifically depression and anxiety for many years. So since I was 19, so for the past eight years, and there's actually something about like my Instagram specifically that I want to show people that like, you can have like a great life. And like, if you want to be an Instagram influencer that like, I know seems really glamorous to people, 
when, when it's like really not, as you know, but, um, you know, like I want to show people that like, even if you are someone who has mental health struggles that like, you can still like, be like me, whatever that means to you, you know, like, I just, I'm trying to be just open about my entire journey because it would be so inauthentic if I just like hid that. And I thought it was just like, I am happy all the time. And, and I haven't had days where like, I literally don't get out of bed for like days on end. Like that would just be so like my, the people that know me in real life would then see that on Instagram and they would be like, what's what it's two different people. And if I showed myself on Instagram, if I was like, always had makeup on, was always like dressed up, was always just like talking about positive things. Like it just, it would be so confusing to people that knew me in real life. And I don't think I'd be able to sustain that. So again, it's kind of like selfishly, I'm trying to have this, these content pillars where I feel like I can continue to sustain what I'm doing because it's like really just like me. But I will say that that does make it challenging where you're really putting yourself on the line and you're getting really vulnerable. And if people don't like that, it's very hard or um, it's just scary as heck. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> the internet is intimidating and people can be mean, but I do commend you for being able to put that out there and really stick to it because I do think people really relate to that and connect with that because everyone knows that like they would look at their own life and be like, well, my life isn't like that. So it makes it hard to connect with someone or to follow them or really like be invested in who they are as a person when you feel so intimidated and it seems so distant from what your own life is. So I think having a brand like you do to make it seem more realistic helps really build that community and audience, which you've obviously um, been able to grow. Thank you. Yeah, that's exactly, you know, that's, exactly what I, I want to be doing and um, I'm really happy that it translates now and I am like getting lots of good feedback now with like just like having kind of honed in on that and like something that um, like when I was really struggling mentally and like I, I now like manage these like conditions very well and like I'm very like high functioning but there's been times in my life where I have not been high functioning at all and during those times, like I was really seeking out content online of people who were dealing with the same things as me. And I just needed to know that I wasn't alone. I needed to know like what they were doing daily to sort of help themselves. And like, I was just really craving like anything that I could get. Like, I think, um, I mean, I haven't gone down this rabbit hole in a long time because I haven't needed to. But I think that when I was really struggling, like I must've watched every single video on YouTube that existed that was like my depression story because I just like needed that like I just needed to hear other people having gone through the same things it was like very therapeutic to me and it was just content that I just needed so what I'm trying to do is like to make it like more available where it's not just like you know those like big influencers where it's like maybe like once every three years there's like a caption about them like being stressed sometimes and like how the last year has been like very stressful for them and like if that's your reality I'm actually happy for you I'm, I'm really happy that you haven't dealt with mental health challenges it's just not my reality so I'm trying to like make it more normal and accessible for people that like if they are seeking out that content that like if they fall if they stumble upon like my page that not only it lets them know that like they're not alone but then also that it's like actually helpful content and that like it kind of hopefully gives them a bit of hope if they see that I am like living a good life and like hopefully they think that it looks like I'm thriving when like it's been a re really hard journey right exactly and giving context into where you've been and where you are now and what that journey looks like um and is that kind of what 
you have like your title on your TikTok. I saw it first, but I know it's on Instagram now, which is your internet big sis. So what does that mean for you? And how has that really come together with the community that you've built? Yeah. So gosh, I can't even remember how it really came up. I know that I'll give credit where credit is due, where I took like the, your part of that, um, from your girl, Carly. Um, she's someone that we're connected with and she's awesome. And she has like this amazing brand and she really blew up on TikTok. And I heard her talk about on a podcast, um, that she included your in, in her username, because it may, it's like the psychology aspect where it makes people feel like it's like, you're more connected to them. It's like, I'm like your internet big sis, not just like the internet's big sister. So I totally stole that part from, from Carly. And I think that, I mean, it might've started because like, I feel like I've connected with a couple of other like content creators and like a lot of them are younger than me. And I do really love giving advice if there's somewhere that I can be helpful. And so I think in those times, people have just been like, oh my God, you're the best. You're like, my my internet big sis I don't know if those were the words or like you're like my mom I mean that's like a little weird where I'm just like I don't think I'm old enough to be your mom but maybe <laughs> sister but also I'm the youngest of um my family and I just like maybe I'm craving like giving back and like um wanting to yeah be helpful to like the next generation of people and so and I I think that I just as I mentioned earlier I wanted what I didn't have so when I was growing up in social media, I didn't see anyone that I looked up to where I thought that I loved their, how their life looked and they were sharing that they actually struggle a lot, especially with their mental health. So um, I wanted to like be a role model of someone who, especially as someone who works in social media um, to sort of like model a healthy relationship with social media. I'm definitely not perfect and I spend too much time on it, but with regards to like how I, how I interact with people online, I think I've, created like it's a really positive thing for me actually which I know social media is not very positive for some people so I think I have like some advice and insight to give there and um I think I just have a lot you know as someone yes gosh I don't know how many times I'm going to say someone's struggling with mental health <laughs> it's like <laughs> can I just scream it from the rooftops um but I just think that like I have a unique perspective of like someone who's like really deep in social media and then also, you know, like has these lived life experiences. Um, and so, yeah, it's just like, I, it, it, was, it almost felt like it was like my duty where I'm just like, okay, this is how I can give back. And I always felt like marketing and social media was like kind of superficial and like about like selling products and services and kind of just like, not icky, but just didn't feel like I was giving back in a way. So I think it's actually really helped me where I feel like I can give back a bit. And yeah, ultimately, I'd love to like have more conversations about um, social media and mental health. And I would love to actually like talk to people who are qualified, <laughs> um, that aren't just people with like lived experience like myself. So um, I think there's like a huge, there's so many topics to talk about with regards to mental health and social media usage, especially in young people. And honestly, you and I are lucky that when we grew up, we didn't have social media. And like in high school, we had like Facebook, and then it just slowly rolled out from there. So I personally am very happy that I didn't grow up with social media. I think my, my self-esteem and like body image was like, honestly bad enough that like, I couldn't have handled social media. And um, yeah, I also like with the self-esteem, like I feel, I don't follow people that make me feel bad about myself. I don't follow people where like their lifestyles make me jealous and want like that I'm seeking to live their life instead of mine. I'm very intentional about who I follow. 
or if I do follow people that are very aspirational, I'm like, I, in my mind, I'm like, I know that like, this is not my life will never be my life. I'm happy for them. And I like looking at their pretty photos, but I think a lot of people unfortunately don't have that mindset and it can be really hard on people's mental health. And um, instead of just removing social media in general, like I'm just quitting, I would love for people to kind of just like have these conversations and work through it a bit more because it can be a very positive place. It doesn't have to be so negative and so detrimental to your self-esteem. Definitely. And I do think there is the space on social media for those real connections and having those conversations and learning and getting value in a positive way. But I'm the same as you. I'm thank God that we didn't have social media growing up because I couldn't, my little sister, she's eight years younger than me. So I watched her go through high school with like Snapchat and like all this. And like, first of all, I would never have gotten any work done. And then I would, same thing. I would have felt terrible about myself and like what you look like. And you spend so much time then thinking about your image when I think there's so many other things to be thinking about in high school. Um, same thing. We're definitely on the same page where I, I was probably like two or three years ago when I also realized that you don't have to follow everybody. And you, if you don't like what you're looking at, then like just unfollow them. And I think having the uh, tool to hide people without unfollowing them is a great tool because then you don't have to feel like that awkward. Like what if they find out I unfollowed them, you can just hide their content you don't have to see it. And then you don't have that trigger for whatever it is that's making you feel bad when you're looking at your, their content. And I probably go through like once a week. And if I like see someone that I'm just like, Oh, that I just either feel bad about myself. I feel bad about my life. I feel bad about like where I am in my career. Then I'm just like, yeah, no, I appreciate your post, but it, not for me. I'm going to have to take you off this feed. Yeah. We have to protect our energy and our mental space and like life is very hard right now for the whole world. So like we have no time for that. And um, yeah, like pay attention to how you feel when you're like scrolling. If you like scroll on your feed for 15 minutes and you get off and like, I know that this has happened to me where like I get off my phone and I'm feeling like you can't even pinpoint it, but I feel like agitated. And then maybe I like lash out at my boyfriend or something. And like, he didn't do anything. And it was just, you know, something that, as you said, like triggered you. And we just have no time for that there's like no reason why we need that. There's like a lot of positive content that we can consume or like educational or informative, like, um, yeah, just be ruthless. And like, no one, no one's looking, like no one cares if you unfollow them. And if they do care, then like, hopefully there would be like some sort of a dialogue there. If, if possible, like someone, I don't know, like a mature person, like can understand that like their content is not for everyone. Even if it's someone that like people that I know in my real life, I'm like, you do not have to follow me. Like it is like, I take no offense to it. Um, if it's not for you, it's not for you. Also, you don't have to, just because you're my friend in real life doesn't mean that you're interested in the content that I put out online. So, but I think that a lot of people, it's hard for people to think that way. They get offended and they're just like, but that's like my best friend, but just talk about it, you know, like just talk about it and it will be fine and we'll move forward. Exactly. Everything can be solved with just a conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's jump into TikToks. I do want to give people advice for how to grow their TikTok. Um, do you want to share that journey, how you started, why you started, and the explosion of your audience? Yeah, for sure. Um, so again, I'll give credit where credit is due. Um, Kaylee Reed, um, she is uh, an influencer marketing expert and she has her own agency and she's someone that lives in Calgary and that Rachel and I are both connected to and she's amazing so if you don't follow her you should definitely check her out and 
Um, she began posting in about like November 2019. She was posting on Instagram about her journey through TikTok and she signed up and she was trying to learn the platform because she was trying to like advise clients on TikTok strategy. And so she was like, well, I should become a user and just see what's going on. And she just saw that like, she only had a handful of followers, but she was getting a lot of views. So like her first video she posted, she only had a handful of followers, but it got like 400 views in a couple minutes. And she was just like, what? Like who is seeing this? And she was like sharing that and sharing that with um, a group that we have as like influencers, content creators, bloggers within Calgary. And she was sharing that with us. And she was just encouraging people to get on TikTok and to try it out. And she was seeing that like, it was really easy to get views and to have your content seen. And as people who are all really invested in Instagram and at this point, like frustrated with the algorithm changes and trying to grow, we all, I think most of us like jumped on TikTok to just try it. Um, this was when like not many people our age were on it. It was still like very much like, oh, that's just for kids. But I think that we all just wanted to test it. And so truly just from Kaylee's advice, I was like, okay, I'm going to go on. I'm going to make some videos. I think that um, within like 10 videos, I got my first viral video. And I think I got a couple of hundred, a couple hundred thousand views on the video. And I'd never, ever, ever had a viral moment. I had been creating content on Instagram since it started. I don't think I'd ever passed like 10,000 views on anything or even that, like I've never just zero, zero viral, virality to be seen, okay? Um, and so when I saw this video like grow exponentially to 300,000 views it was just wild and I think that on TikTok as soon as you get like your first viral video you'll be addicted like I was so I continued to make content and yeah I was seeing like a couple of my videos go viral and they were very random like my first viral video that um, popped off was like a fashion video it was like a trend video um, but again that's not really my niche so it was kind of like eh, okay I think my second one was like me making a cheese board, which like, cool, I love cheese boards, but like, again, not really my niche. Um, so I just like continued to create content that I liked um, and that like felt easy for me to create. And, um, but like, as I moved forward, I knew that I needed to sort of like hone in on, on a certain topic. And um, when I started sharing about, I, I started sharing a bit about like behind the scenes of being a micro influencer. And for me, it was actually really easy for me to be transparent about certain things because I was a micro-influencer, like very, very baby micro-influencer. I didn't feel like there was anything that I could share that would like expose my secrets. And so I just started creating videos like tips and behind the scenes or like shooting campaigns or, or telling people like, this is how it works. You could get gifted something or, but like a lot of creators are not wanting gifted now because they want to be paid for the time and kind of just like spilling some industry secrets that us within the industry, we know all about, but other people on the outside don't. So I think that people really appreciated my transparency and a lot, I just got some really good feedback from videos like that. So I continued to create some content about like influencer stuff. And then I would do some social media stuff and marketing stuff, sharing about my career journey. And yeah, it was just really well received. And I figured I should continue it. And in March of 2020, I gained 20,000 followers in one month and it was a wild time. Again, it was like actually kind of hard to like manage my emotions because it was very new. And I also didn't know like when the growth was gonna stop. And like it did, like I, you know, I, I sort of had that like crazy month and then like I continued to grow, but now I'm at almost 40,000, but it's really 
been at that number for probably like six months, um, which I actually am kind of grateful for because it's kind of a wild ride and like to, to, yeah, to just have so many people like joining in your community and having opinions about like your life and your content is like just kind of crazy. So I'm actually pretty grateful that it's kind of slowed down, but it was very cool to experience and um, it's fun to talk about as a fun story. (laughs) Definitely. I think everyone loves stories like that too, like hearing them. Because like you mentioned before, with everything where you want to be like relatable and be able to share that experience that you're, you're just creating content as a normal person would create content. And yet you've had the experience of going viral, which I think is really cool. And the way that you share it is a really like humble way. You're not like, yes, guys, I am amazing. And I created this content and that's why people are following me. You're very much sharing it as it happened and the emotional roller coaster, and not expecting it at all, which I think is is a different way than a lot of people describe like their followers or their success on social media. Yeah. Well, I, I think that like understanding social media is, has like kept, like I, I was going to say has kept me grounded, but that's not <laughs> what I meant to say. I, I am grounded, but no, like just understanding how I was able to like go viral and like grow that quickly in a month is like what keeps me just like, you know, not thinking that it was anything special at all, because I just knew that like, you know, I had a couple of videos go viral, like as people, it was just like, it all built on top of each other. And that's how I had such a popular month. And that's all there is to it. Like, I don't even think that it was really like my content was the most amazing ever. It was just that like, I just like, you just like hit something, you know, like you created a video that like people really liked. And like, I know that you've talked about your viral videos on TikTok and how they're like random and like, you know, like your random like banana food video and like how, but it's so simple. Like one of my videos that went viral was like me opening my fridge, grabbing a, a like a hunk of cookie dough and then opening it and breaking off a piece and eating it. And the, the text said like, does anyone else just like keep cookie dough in their fridge and eat it raw? And like, I even thought I was like, are people going to think that this is weird? But then like, it just hits like, you know, certain people and then they're like tagging their friends. They're like, oh my God, we're not alone. (laughs) So it's like really simple stuff. And I feel like now I can kind of know what videos I'm putting out will go viral or not. Like I can almost tell like, this is not a viral moment or this like is probably going to be a viral moment. It's funny, like just the more you are immersed in it and also if you work in it you just like start to kind of know and but then that's to say or that's not to say that you just have this formula to know how to just explode like you know I don't know and if anything you kind of just want sustained growth because as like your video your banana video went viral it's like do you want people to know you as like you know like the banana dessert girl like (laughs) no because that's just weird that's like not your vibe you know but like cool it went viral so it's just about like, I don't know, kind of just taking it for what it is. And even if your videos go viral, it doesn't even really mean that your following is going to grow that much. Um, so just create content that like you like, that's like sustainable for you to create that you think people will like. And then if it goes viral, great. And if you gain followers from that, great. But if not, like if you're, if you aren't motivated to create content without that guarantee, then like maybe you need to reevaluate, reevaluate why you're even creating content, right? Yeah, totally. And I think it's, it's completely what you said about 
having those random videos go viral, but then deciding what type of content you do want to make and that you want to be known for. Because when my stupid banana video that was terrible, like I wasn't even going to post it because it was dark, it went viral. And I had all these people like arguing between like plantains and bananas and like how you should cook this. And I was just like, guys, like no one cares. Like I, and people still watch it. People are still watching it and commenting on it, which I'm sure you find with your videos too. And you're just like, why is this still alive on the internet? Like someone kill it. And then I was like, should I become a food TikToker? Like, do people want to see these like useless recipes that I have? And so I tried that for a while and I was like, I have no recipes guys. Like, I'm not a food blogger. I don't cook recipes. Like I'm not making this up. I'm literally Googling a recipe to make on TikTok to see if it'll go viral. And I was like, this is stupid. And then same with, like you said, the fashion thing, like you try the fashion thing. And I'm like, I don't even own enough clothes to be fashionable. Like I wear sweatpants and Lululemons, like that's not fashion. And then I think it is, like you said, deciding then what you enjoy creating. And you can kind of tell what go what's going to go viral. And I think it's not what people expect. And as you said, you know more if you're in the industry and you spend a lot more time within social media, but it's the moments that are funny or relatable and aren't necessarily like a whole production. I find the most disappointing moment is where you've taken like two or three hours to make a TikTok and you're like, this is great. People are going to love it. And then no one cares because you've, you've either done it too many times or it's too professional looking or it isn't like you called it, it's not a viral moment. And I know we have a friend, like a fellow influencer in Calgary that has really struggled with that in creating these really high end looking videos and TikToks with so much work. And they just don't do very well because they just, that's not what TikTok is looking for. And I think that's knowing the difference then between like what does well on Instagram and what does well on TikTok, because they are two different platforms with different audience looking for different things. Yeah, definitely. And I think that like, you can, you can look at it as like, if you have a random viral video, that is not what you're about. I mean, at least it's bringing eyes to your profile and like people will like look at your other stuff. And so um, it's not like the worst thing to happen, but um, yeah, it's just like, you just have to like figure out what works for you. Like you said, like for the person who's like super curated and like takes hours to produce something, you could still do that and post a TikTok and even videos that like don't do well on TikTok like the metric is or like the baseline is like so different where like even a video that like doesn't do well is actually still being seen by people and so like it's all about your expectations and like what you are trying to get from it and like if you want to continue to be like super like curated and produced and like do that and maybe just like throw up a couple of videos that aren't like that maybe those videos will go viral. And then if you really want your other content to be seen, then like, then it will bring people in. But I think it's just all about like, what, like, why are, what are your goals? And like, why are you doing it? And what's going to make you happy? Or what's going to make you feel like you're successful on whatever platform. And that looks different to everyone. Exactly. And isn't a chore because the worst is when you're creating content when you don't want to be creating it and that inauthenticity and not having enthusiasm really comes through with content you can tell when someone's trying so hard to become viral or to make this content that isn't really who they are and I think you have to like now I've said like three times um, you have to really want to create that content because that passion and that enthusiasm will hold you through the videos that don't do very well, but then will also be there when you have a video that goes off that you actually want it to go viral. 
definitely. And especially with video, I think on Instagram, you can fake it a bit more, you know, like on Instagram, I like kind of fake being a fashion person sometimes, but on TikTok, I cannot fake it because I do not get ready and I do not wear like, you know, complete outfits you know, I maybe do that like once a week. And so like, I can't fake it on TikTok. Whereas like on Instagram, like, you know, it's easier to kind of like put up what you want to put up. But on TikTok again, yeah, it's like, what is sustainable for you? And just be yourself. That's definitely what works best on TikTok. All of the people that have gone, you know, really viral on TikTok, um, that's what they did. And I wanted to mention, um, we talked about Carly before, but her TikTok story is very inspiring. Um, she actually gained 80,000 followers overnight. So I gained 20,000 in one month, but she actually gained 80,000 in one night. So talk about like managing your emotions. Um, I know she has a podcast episode about it. I can't really remember. I can't remember which podcast I was listening to her on. It wasn't yours, I'll was find it? it? Like, no, it wasn't. Did, I'll find it and I'll link it. Yeah. So she's got a great story and I think she was a bit more intentional about like growing her TikTok account like I know I remember seeing her posting like three times a day and I remember thinking like damn she's like on her grind but it paid off so you can do both approaches you can be like me and like just do whatever you want and something sticks and you can kind of just like roll with it or you can try and be intentional about it and to be honest both work and like Carly has like hundreds of thousands of followers and I don't so (laughs) maybe don't take my advice you know like um again it's all about what do you want and how is it going to like serve you in your life and not everyone wants 500,000 TikTok followers so you do you (laughs) definitely and I feel like it is also the choice of how you want to spend your time what you like you said if you it's sustainable to you but we both have full-time jobs in social media and I would never give up my client work to be a full-time influencer because I just don't have the capacity to do that or the creativity to be in that all the time, which Carly has done a great job in building her audience and she can sustain it. And I think it's very commendable, but I couldn't do that. And I would love having my business side of things as well. So you do have to make that decision if you want to really commit to building your audience and putting all that work in, or if you have other priorities, which you shouldn't also be ashamed of or feel guilty for not wanting to have 500,000 followers or have to make three videos a day because that sounds also exhausting. (laughs) So. Yeah. And I've also had this like debate with myself where I've had people, um, I've had people assume that I don't have a job and that I am only an influencer. And to that, I think it's like hilarious because like, as if I could pay my bills with the money that I make (laughs) as a, as an influencer. But, um, I just, I, I have to catch myself because often I want to like scream it from the rooftops that like, I have a full-time job. I'm not just an influencer, but then I also preach about like, and being an influencer is a legitimate job. It is so much work. Totally. These people are grinding so hard. It takes so much skill, um, like technical and soft skills. And so I have to catch myself because when I'm being really defensive that I'm not just an influencer, I'm then thinking about my friends that like they are technically, you know, an influencer as their job. And I never want to talk down to that because it's wild how hard it is. So either are totally like valid and like some influencers are sort of that stereotype where you think that like they don't do much they're just pretty and they just take photos of themselves and they make a lot of money 
but most, especially like, I don't know, like people that are, that we're connected to, like they are grinding and work so like oftentimes way harder than people that are like in a nine to five because it isn't as secure. And like, there's just so much work to be done. So um, yeah, I never want to like say that like, oh, if you're just an influencer, you're just an influencer. And like, that's, you know, not as like respectable as like, you know, having your job and then doing influencer stuff on the side. Um, but yeah, it's just not my reality. It's not yours. And I don't think it's ours in the future. Also, most like influencers are like not even just influencers. They're like business owners, like art directors. They're their own photographer. They're a model. They're like, they do so much and they just get like labeled with this term influencer that like everyone like cringes at. And it's, it's actually really sad. <laughs> I hope that it changes and I think it's going to change. Totally. It's really unfair to be labeled with that because you only really know how much work it is if you're in the industry. So we're really privy to knowing how much work it is and how much work our influencing is. And like you said, we're micro influencers and we also don't spend all of our time doing it. But when you, it's a full-time job, it's even, like you said, it's more than a full-time job. And it's also emotionally exhausting to have people like judge your life all the time. So I couldn't even imagine. Um, and I do think that people deserve more credit than what they're getting for when they are doing influencing full-time. Yeah. And it's too bad that the people who are judgmental about um, like what being an influencer is, it's like, it's really too bad because they'll never fully understand it because they're not open to like educating themselves, you know, like they will always be the people on the outskirts looking in, just being like very judgmental and not understanding how much work it is, never like having a conversation like this, really talking about like everything that it takes. So it is too bad. And it's something that I've really had to work through. Like, again, just as a baby, baby micro influencer, I've had to like deal with people's judgment. I've had to deal with um, just, yeah, people not understanding. And if they don't understand, that's totally fine. And I'm trying to be better about like being open to having conversations about it and not getting defensive. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a, I think it's a thing that like, we don't talk about enough as like influencers and like, I'm trying to be better with talking like to my boyfriend, like being a lot more just like owning my influencer stuff more and not being ashamed of it. And if I'm telling other people not to be ashamed of it, then I really need to take my own advice, but it's so hard. And yeah, like I will defend like a friend who is an influencer, like to my grave but then when it comes to me I often will just take people's judgments and criticism and just like take it to heart and have it really like hurt me like deep in my core and like make me feel ashamed about who I am and I don't want to do that I don't think anyone wants that and so it's really something that I work on like truly every single day yeah I completely understand I'm in the same boat trying to get people to just have a more open mind about what you're doing. And it's not about just free stuff and it is a lot of work and it is a creative passion. And we've been doing it for so long. It's not like we woke up today and we're like, you know what? I'm an influencer today. Like it's been a slow progression before influencer was even like the term that was given to what we were doing. And so I think people don't understand that. And I am trying exactly the same as you are when people come to me and they're like, I want to be an influencer. I want free stuff. I try really hard not to just be like, this isn't free and like get all defensive about it. I'm like, sure. Like, let me share the steps with you on what you need to do to become an influencer. And like, by all means, like there's space, you can do it. And I want to help you 
get to that spot if that's what you want to do. But then more likely than not, they realize how much work it's going to be and they can't do it. But I'm not here to judge them on judging me. I want to educate them on what goes on behind the scenes for an influencer. And if that's what they want to do, then let's do it. Like, I'll help you. Like, let's do photos. You have like, we're going to do a photo shoot every weekend. And then you're going to post every single day for the next five years. And <laughs> then we'll see where you're at. And they're like, Oh, I'm like, yeah. Let's like, doesn't that sound fun? You for don't want to do that. <laughs> it's so true. Like, you know, I mentioned like when we just jumped on, it's like you and I have been connected. I would love to like, actually know the number of years, like over five years. Totally. Yeah. So like we, again, we have been doing it for a long time and like just being connected within the community, we've been doing that for a long time. So like we've been, yeah, just like grinding, but then also like just building genuine connections with each other. Um, and I think that like not every like influencer group um, is like as as nice and, and welcomes us, but we truly understand the bigger picture where we are totally willing to help out others because as you said, it's only the ones that really are passionate about it that it will stick. So like if you are if you're willing to put in that work, then like yeah, we'll help you, you know, and like there's not there's there's so many people who are influencers, but like I never because it's it's also not the way that I pay my bills. Like I would never feel, you know, competitive. Like if anything, it's just actually so amazing for us to have people that are doing similar things, because again, we can talk about like the challenges and like how our emotions within it and like no one else understands that really. And so it's so important. And if you didn't have that, I don't know if I would even continue to do it because I would just be stuck in this like judgment loop of like myself and like second guessing, like is, you know, is what I'm doing like vain or, you know, I just, I just don't think I would actually continue it if I didn't get such like amazing support from other people who are doing similar things to me. Exactly. I feel exactly the same way. Um, and I feel like we could talk about that forever, but I do (laughs) want to move back to TikTok and a little like practical advice for people. Um, when you're, thinking about the content you're going to create now on TikTok, what does your strategy look like now since you have the followers and you do kind of have that brand established? What's the process? Do you have like a month worth of content? Do you write down ideas? Is it just in the moment? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So now that I've sort of built my, my following and again, if I grow great, but I'm, you know, very grateful for every person within that 40,000 that is like with me on that account. So Um, it's pretty casual and laid back and I'm actually just focusing on what is sustainable for me and what is easy for me to do and to incorporate in my life because again like I work full-time and then I try to have a life outside of it and then I'm also creating content for Instagram so um, I'm really just trying to figure out what is sustainable for me Um, I haven't actually put together like a content plan for TikTok I think I did have one like sometime last year when I was kind of like in that growth phase, I was trying to capitalize on the growth. So like when I was growing quickly, I think putting out content consistently. So posting at least once a day is only going to help you if people are like really looking at your account. So um, I didn't even really do too much planning, but I did have a spreadsheet where I was like keeping track to make sure that I was posting every single day on TikTok. Um, So 
now I am doing like a content plan for Instagram. And that's really because like, that's where I would love to see some more growth. Um, and like putting more of my time and energy and resources into creating content for Instagram. But on TikTok, again, I'm just like being pretty laid back about it. I'm doing a lot of like day in the lives um, because I've always loved the idea of potentially doing YouTube, but I have zero skills to do that. I just know I have, you know, YouTuber friends. And again, the amount of work that they put in is insane the amount of years, like people have been doing this for 10 years, they like really have mastered their skill. And I just like know that I, I could maybe do it, but it would take me a long time to get the hang of it. And I just don't have that kind of time. And I've got other things I can focus on. So I have like, I'm not going to become a YouTuber anytime soon, but I do think it's really fun to like show your life. And it's like really easy because you're just like going about your day. So you film like two second clips here and there, put them together put on a trending song, make it look cute. And that's what I like a lot of what I've been posting to TikTok. And um, I found it really interesting that people actually really like it. And even though I think that it's very boring, people have said that they like that it's boring because it makes them feel like <laughs> their life is normal, you know? And um, yeah, like it's it's interesting. You, you think that your life is boring, but then to someone else, they've never seen it before, right? And like, they have never seen your outfit that you're wearing they've never seen like your desk set up and so like share it and see if people like it so um yeah I've been very laid back on TikTok and um that's honestly what I would recommend to people I think that like those relatable videos like try and like in your daily life if funny things happen or if something comes up where you're like wow that's so relatable like try and capture it then like try and like you know don't plan it too much um and try like sometimes I find that like, uh, like pop culture and current event stuff um, can do so well on TikTok. So sometimes like if something happens, for example, I'm like watching The Bachelor and something happens and it's funny and I have an idea for TikTok, I know that I need to go and film that right away because other people just watch that moment on The Bachelor. And so if they see my content and they like it, um, and it like, it hits with them, then like that will go viral, you know, like those are the types of things that I can predict that are going to go viral. For example, um, I don't know if you ever watched the show you on Netflix. Yes. Mm -hmm. I actually yeah, even so know I, what video you're going to say, so definitely <laughs> share because I watched it. <laughs> yeah. So I binge watched that series sometime last year, amazing series. Um, and I had this idea and I'm like, I got to film it right away. And again, I just thought it was relatable. I thought that people, I, yeah, I just knew that people would like it. And oh, I can't remember the exact steps, but like, it was like, I was recording and I was finishing watching you and I was like turning the TV off. And then I like scrambled to my bed and then I pulled open um, my laptop and I Googled, I think I Googled like, uh, gosh, it was like, why is my taste in men or like why am I attracted to psychopaths or something it was like it was like ta like talking about how like the character in the show you was like my type specifically and so I was googling like what's wrong with me like what like why do it why am I attracted to people like this and it just like it went viral and I almost knew it would because so many people were watching that series I think people were talking about too that like that character like did it for them kind of thing I think like on Twitter and stuff so I just knew that people would like that and they did um I mean it's kind of funny stuff like that where it's like very skit style where like 
I didn't want people to see that, especially because it went viral. I didn't want people to see that and be like, oh my God, she's like into like serial killers. Like (laughs) her boyfriend must be a serial killer. (laughs) You know, like people just kind of like take things very literally. Luckily no one like exposed me or called me out. And again, it's just like a skit, but it's also funny to know that like on TikTok, there's like some real stuff. And then there's like skit stuff that like, you never really kind of know. So like- (laughs) I don't know. It's so funny. Yeah. Well, and that's why it's so fun. Cause you're like, is this yeah. real or is this not real? Like we don't know. <laughs> Definitely. Do you want to share what your content challenge is? I know you've like vaguely touched upon it. So do you want to dive into what that is and why you're doing it specifically for Instagram? I know last night uh, we were on a clubhouse talking about kind of the same types of things and someone had a really good question and I'm not going to take credit for their question I don't know who asked it but it wasn't me and it was why are you focusing on Instagram when you kind of have TikTok figured out yeah so for the month of February um, I'm doing a content challenge where I'm challenging people to post once a day for myself that's going to be alternating between feed posts and reels and um, I've called this challenge hashtag consistent queens and it really came up like very organically and I'll just like share the quick story, but it's already been really fun and it's been two days. So the reason why I'm focusing on Instagram and not TikTok is because I sort of had my moment on TikTok and like I saw that growth. Whereas like on Instagram, I'm about 500 followers away from 10K, which is very exciting for me because I really want the swipe up. I feel like I share a lot of like product recommendations or even like articles and stuff that I just really want the swipe up or podcast episodes I just like I just really want it so um in 2021 I you know made it a goal for myself I want to hit 10k and I'm trying to be like very intentional about it and also being very like open and transparent about it I've asked people to support me and share my profile to their stories and I just really have gotten over like you know being ashamed of what I want or hiding it or being shy about it and I'm just like this is what I want like and people have been very supportive and very nice about it and it's just been received really well so like whatever you want like ask for it the worst that can happen is people are like wow that was direct but like it's fine so anyway so it came up very organically where I wanted to hit 10k I knew that one of the ways that I would do that would be to um, to create and publish consistent content, um, especially reels. I knew that that was something that's helping people grow a lot these days. And I wanted to be more intentional about what I was um, filming and, you know, what the topic was and when I'd be publishing it, I decided to alternate between feed posts and reels because there's no way I could do 28 reels. (laughs) So I just decided to keep myself on track. Posting once a day was going to be a very simple way to kind of go about it. Um, And because February only has 28 days, I was like, this is perfect. So I posted on my story and said, I personally want to challenge myself to post once a day. Um, If you have any ideas of what you'd like to see from me, please let me know. So I asked people for content suggestions and people came up with some amazing um, topics. I always like people are always nervous to share things like that because they think they're nervous that people aren't going to respond. But you have to do it a couple of times before people actually respond to you. Like you need to train your followers to engage with you and that if they submit like a response that you're actually going to take it into consideration. So I know a lot of people who like maybe have a smaller following don't want to do like those question boxes and stuff. But like when I tell you no one is looking to see that like if anyone responded to that, like no one is looking and like you don't even have to share the responses. So you don't need to like show people everything. I don't know. I just come across that a lot where people are like, 
nervous to do that. But anyways, people come back with some great content suggestions. Um, and then I just randomly was like, I wonder if anyone's gonna want to join me on this. Or like maybe I got quite a few replies in my DMs being like, this is amazing. Like I wanna do this too. So I was like, great, maybe people wanna join. So then I did another story where I was like, would anyone wanna join me? And I think I got maybe like 10 or 12 people that said yes. And I was like, okay, like that's a good little group. So then I was like, well, like, you know, with keeping in the theme of like wanting to grow, I was like, it really would make more sense if I kind of like put together a more um, like specific challenge and like came up with a name and a hashtag. So um, I was kind of like thinking about it for a bit. And then in the shower, I truly just had a thought where I was like consistent queens. And I was like, okay, great. I looked up, there was like one old post that had that hashtag, but I was like, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> um, I put out the name, like sort of asked for feedback. I was like worried that people like, I don't know, wouldn't like it or like someone would have a problem with it or something, but everyone was like very nice. And, and then I was like, okay, well now that I like have this name and this hashtag, how do I keep people like engaged? And I just, I didn't really know how to do that. I thought about like a Facebook group, but I hate Facebook. Like I don't use it at all. And I find, I just didn't really want to like bring people on there. I'm like, I'd rather just have it with an Instagram. So um, I looked up to see how many people I could have in a group message and you can only have up to 32. Um, so I filled up one of those groups right away. Basically just asked people if you wanted to be in a very informal support group. Like I didn't want there to be any rules or expectations. You could post however little or as much as you wanted to. You can engage with other people if you want to. You don't have to. Um, I wanted the community to just like police itself and I just wanted to like try it out. And so I ended up filling up like two group messages because there was like so many people who wanted to participate. So I'm really happy. That means that I have 62 people doing the challenge, which is very exciting because it came out of nowhere and people have been very nice and supportive and they're policing themselves or like, I guess that's not the right word, but like, you know, every time you like, especially if you're the creator of a community, as like a social media manager too you're like worried like what's going to happen um but everyone's been like so nice and supportive and like asking each other all these questions going back and forth and I'm trying to like like I'll pop in here and there but like it's not about me like I don't want to and I also don't have time to just be like responding to everyone so like it's just these two little groups and we're going to do it like for the month and it's already great like people are tagging me in their stories and stuff oh and I also put together a content calendar for myself and I was like well this is a great resource to share again it was like it's like such a simple like template and like other people have better ones and like it's just so funny how you always are just so hard on yourself but when you just put it out there if you're trying to be like helpful to people it's like people appreciate it and they can see that your intentions are good and well my intentions are good but also like it's part of my growth plan you know like I will say that anyways it's been like very I guess encouraging so far. So I'm happy that I had this idea and I was a bit nervous about if people would think it was stupid, but I was just like, whatever. And then I think it's helping people. And I wanted to do the challenge too, because I wanted people to own that they wanted to become more consistent with their content and they wanted to, you know, take Instagram more seriously. I think that so many people have an issue with owning that. And I say that as someone who has had an issue with owning that. So I wanted to give someone like a challenge where they're like, they don't need to come out with their own words and say like, Hey guys, I want to grow my Instagram this year. I'm going to be posting every single day. They could kind of just be like, I'm participating in this challenge. So they don't have, it's like vague, you know? Yeah. No, so I far, love that. It's been great. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think it like points out two really good things about Instagram 
one that we've already talked about that it can be a really positive community and there is that support and I'm in one of the groups I'm a very silent group member because I just I just like reading what people say I'm not here to like post about things Um, but I think it's so inspiring to see how excited people are about joining the challenge and how it's inspired them to create content which clearly they weren't doing before but needed that like fire to like you said to accept that they do want to create this content and not feel weird about it and then the other thing I think is really good that this challenge shows is that it is a lot of work to grow on social media you don't just wake up and you have followers you have to post every day you have to create good content and sometimes it is making a challenge you have to really force yourself to do that but the the hard work will pay off because your audience will grow and the community will accept what you're doing but it is a lot of work and I think people do forget that but a challenge like that shows people that if you put in the work then you will grow and you'll build your audience so I think it's an awesome idea and I'm excited to see how it goes for the whole month yeah thanks for being a part of it it was like also really nice to see that people that are like that I'm connected to or like our friends of mine, like they were interested in joining and like some people I work with and like it kind of validated it for me where I'm like, okay, if these people think it's cool, then it's it's cool. Um, but yeah, like I think I'm so excited to see like how it goes. I think the biggest thing is I'm excited to witness the conversations that happen and already there's so many people asking questions and people like answering them. And again, like I don't have to go in and answer them, which is like lovely um, because I do talk with people a lot on my DMs. Um, and I'm excited to see like how people grow. Like, I personally think if you're putting in a consistent effort, if you're posting every day for 28 days, um, you know, in whatever capacity, if that's like feed posts, real stories, whatever, like, I don't see that there's many situations where you would not grow even a little bit. So I just want people to kind of like see that. And also, yeah, like they'll see that like, it's a grind and like, also not just for 28 days for like years yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah years and years and um I also that's another like good point is like I've had people reach out to me and they're like I feel like your growth has been like really fast on Instagram the past couple months um like what have you been doing or something and like I'm just like man I've been grinding at this since 2014 <laughs> so many things like I've, I've really like I've gotten more consistent with it and figured out what I want to post about and trying to again ask for what I want be more intentional like just kind of like this is what I want we're going for it but like this has been like a seven eight year journey you know and like a lot of people that like follow me too are like people that like I've been connected to for a really long time so it's like it's a lot of personal work like it's it's just as you know like it's it's just, it just doesn't happen all that easily. And if, especially if you want like an engaged audience and like some people that have followed me for years, it's like so wild where like they have seen me through many phases of my life, like um, many relationships, like it's crazy. Like they've stuck through it. And like at the end of the day, it becomes where like they actually really trust me. And like, if I have chatted with them in DMs for years, that is a way different relationship than someone who followed you last week. Um, yeah. So like, if you are very serious about being like an influencer that people trust, I don't want to discourage people, but like, it will take years. Definitely. And I think that's a good reminder to everybody. And before we wrap up, because I do want to be considerate of your time, do you want to give us your top three social media hacks? Cause I know you have lots. Yeah. I was looking at this and I was just like, man, I feel like I'm like hacks, like I feel like all these things that I wrote down, I'm like people know about, but 
if people don't know these, I'm just gonna like lay some knowledge so that they can take Assume something. Assume that this, they hopefully. don't know. You already said that no. you don't give yourself enough credit for what you do. So I know. Okay, so my first hack is a lot of people are sharing their TikToks to Reels, which is great. We always want to repurpose content and it saves us a lot of time. And we're trying to grow on Instagram using Reels. Um, but we don't like that annoying little watermark. We do. So not. there's we don't like it. So there's two ways that you can get rid of the watermark. The first way, which is my preferred way, is before you post your TikTok, you want to screen record that video. You're going to have to trim it a bit on the ends and you're also going to have to crop it a little bit to make it the perfect size for reels but if you basically have your tiktok video as the draft um, go to screen record um, on your phone and then click the little video preview your video will play it plays through stop your video recording then you can um, fiddle with it to upload to reels if you forget to do that then the other method is to go to your TikTok that has already been posted. Um, you're gonna click the little, I think it's like little three dots um, or the little share, the little share button, I guess, like the little arrow. And um, you're gonna go save as live photo. Then you're gonna go to your photos. And this is iPhone only. I'm sorry, I don't own an Android. Me you're gonna go to your photos. <laughs> <laughs> then you go to your live photo. Then there, I think you click into the three dots. You scroll up a bit, then you go save as video. Then it transforms your live photo into a video. Now it de decreases the quality slightly. So that's why the first method is my preferred, but this totally works. There is a tiny, tiny TikTok watermark at the bottom, but you can barely notice it if you just post it as is, or you can just crop it a little bit. So those are my hacks. Um, I think there's like some other methods floating around. I can't keep up with all of them, but just know that there are ways for you to take off the watermark from your videos and everyone will be a lot happier on Instagram. Yes. My second hack, this one's actually pretty cool. I've seen a couple people post about this on TikTok and I've tried it out myself and it definitely works. So if you're trying to increase your story views on Instagram, which um, a lot of people are just because like, it's a really good metric to like send to brands and stuff. Like your stories is like where people are like most engaged with your daily content. So like um, if you are an influencer content creator, you obviously want lots of people watching your stories. So um, to, a way to increase the views is right now, I don't know how long this is gonna last, but like in the past couple of months, Instagram has been, I guess, pushing out or like trying to promote the layout feature in stories. And so I think it's a new thing or like, I don't know, it's. I, honestly, not many people are using it because it's like kind of annoying and a bit cheesy. But if you go into your stories and you go to the left hand side and you go to layout, you can choose like different grid views. And you can do this like I've done a couple where I'm like getting people to play a game and to vote on like which trend you like or like which, you know, whatever, which for Christmas I did like, you know, original Grinch versus new Grinch or whatever with like a poll. Um, but basically, if you use that layout feature in like any of your stories, like your story views for the rest of the day will actually be a lot higher. So like I noticed an increase of a couple hundred, um, not even just on the layout story slides, but like on all of them. So like, even I don't know why, but it just is. And I've tested it. And um, I think it's a great hack. Like if you are an influencer and you're posting sponsored content, you're posting like sponsored stories, 
throw up some like layout stories so that you can get your numbers up so that when you send your analytics to the brand, they're happy. Um, and then if you don't wanna do like a poll or something, you can actually use the layout feature and you can upload like a solid background to both, like pick the one where it's like just two grid views and upload like a solid background picture um, on both of them. So it will just create like a solid color background and it will still register as like using the layout feature. So that's like a very specific hack. <laughs> that like I love only that. Very... I'm going to use it for my next sponsored post. <laughs> yes, do it. Um, yeah, it's like very specific, but like if you're looking to like increase your story views, which I personally just like love stories and I just love watching other people's stories and like some people's accounts are like honestly mainly like story accounts you know and like mm -hmm. it's really a way that you can like have an account you don't need to be posting on your feed that much you can like be very active on your story so anyways that's my other hack and then my third hack which is something that I posted about quite often on my TikTok and my Instagram but um when you're sharing your feed post to your story which apparently Instagram is getting rid of which is like terrifying and just so sad but so if sad. by the time this episode comes out they haven't gotten rid of it yet you know when you're trying to like drive traffic to your newest feed post um something that I've liked doing is to go to your feed take a screenshot of your feed and then crop it so it's just your feed that you can see add to photos then go to your Instagram and to your newest post and you're going to screenshot your newest post crop so it's just your new post, add to photos. Then stay with me here. Then go back to your Instagram feed, click share feed post to stories to bring it up onto your stories. Then you are going to copy and paste the screenshot of your feed on top of that photo in your stories. So you'll go to your photos, you go copy to the screenshot of your feed, go back to Instagram stories, and then you can paste it in there. It either pops up on the corner or you can go into as if you're about to write text and you can go paste, then you will make your screenshot uh, of your feed, the entire screen of your story. So that will hide um, like the live feed behind it. And then you're gonna add in your screenshot of the feed. So you can go into like the little GIF thing and then into your photos and add in the screenshot or you could copy and paste it just the same method as the, screenshot of the feed and then what that will do is you'll have like a cute story where your feed is in the background you've got your new feed post there and then you can add like a, I like adding like a little click or like a little new post and then people can tap on the screenshot of your feed post but because the live photo is behind it it will bring them to the new post so that's my third hack <laughs> I hope you followed along. If you did not follow along, I do have some videos um, on my Instagram and TikTok on how to do it. And it makes it look really cute. So definitely check out Mel's page to see what it looks like, because I do think it looks really cute. I've never personally done it because I didn't quite know how you did it. But now that I know the instructions, I will be able to do it. Um, but yeah, I love that. Those are great hacks. Um, and last question, where can people find you and connect with you? Um, and definitely to follow you because we need to get you to 10,000. Yes, that's awesome. Okay. So you can follow me at Melanie Loren. So it's M E L A N I E L A U R E N E on Instagram and Twitter. 
And then on TikTok, you can find me at your internet big sis. So it's Y-O-U-R. Internet is an internet. Big as in big and sis as in sis. I, I, don't, know why, I don't know why I went, went on to spell that. But anyways, please follow me and get me to 10K on Instagram. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Um, thanks so much for joining me. That was a great conversation. And I feel like I'll definitely have to have you back on because I feel like there's so many other things that we could have talked about. I agree. I could talk to you forever. And thank you so much for having me again, longtime listener. So I'm excited to listen to myself, (laughs) but yeah, I love your podcast. And I think it's just so cool that you have so many different guests on and it's great to like hear different perspectives and yeah, I just, you're doing amazing, sweetie. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. You too. (laughs) Thank you.